this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Thank you, Chris. Very kind of you. Let me pray one more time. Father, we just thank you for this moment that we share. And we thank you for the work of your spirit amongst us, helping us to see what is right and true, giving us a clear reality of who you are and of what you're doing. We thank you that you're someone who refreshes, who revives, who brings life. Lord God, you bring healing. You bring that work of life in us and we receive that today. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Grab a seat. Yep, it was about 20 years ago, it's true. And uh, I had hair. <laughs> Bit of a surfy guy, my boardies wandered in. Ah, it goes quick. But yes, we are doing... Acts 1, if we can put up, I think I just want to preview a little bit more of this scripture because this is like, this is Jesus' last instruction to his disciples and um, there's, there's a bit going on here because Jesus has he's gone to the cross, as we've heard this morning, and he's come back to life. He was dead and then he wasn't dead. Yeah? Can we put that Acts 1 scripture up there, please? Oh, from verse 4. Yeah, so Jesus, we just don't want to get that wrong, do we? He was dead and then he was alive. We want to make sure we are right with that and that we're focused on that, on that he died on the cross for our sins. He took on our sin and buried it in the grave and he gave us life and a lot of people, I'm not sure how people look at that and get religion but they do and we need to be clear on what he has done for us because he didn't come to make you better although your best life is in him for sure because he wants to put life in your spirit but he didn't come to make bad people good or good people better. He came to make dead people come back to life. That's right, they were dead in their sin. That's why God hates sin, because it's hostile towards him. It doesn't accept him, it pushes him away. And Jesus said, the sin of this world is the rejection of me. And he hates sin, he doesn't hate sinners, because sin just hurts people, causes death, causes bad things. So he comes and I'll just take that off you and let's destroy that. Let's put that down where it belongs and let's just walk in life now. So it's you are dead in your sin and in your transgression and everyone is born in this planet. They are born with a spirit, yeah? They have got a life in there somewhere. But I'm telling you, that spirit is so connected to your soul and your flesh that it doesn't even know who God is until you receive Christ. It's bound up in, oh, I just feel like this and these emotions and I'm hungry for this or I want this stuff. It's just connected down in there. And when Jesus comes, it gets made alive. I don't know how it all works or what it looks like, but he does it. That's what he does. And then your spirit 
is alive to God. You have a heart that is connected. Oh, that's God is speaking. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Let's be clear on being right with God. Let's be clear on that. So in Acts 1 verse 4, so over a period of 40 days, Jesus appears to them. And have you ever thought about it? Like he just appears. These just two guys are walking on the road and then he starts walking beside them. And they just think, oh, there's this guy here. They don't recognise him. And then they go and they, have, they walk for miles and then they, they have this big discourse and he's just really quite strong with them. And they sit down and they eat. And when they break bread, he disappears. Just, just I don't know. Having a party trick or something. I don't know what's going on. And then they, they it was the Lord. They realise who, they run back to Jerusalem. They come in and he's like, he just walks through the wall. Imagine if Jesus just walked through the wall. He's just resurrected now. He doesn't need to sleep. He's not sleeping or, like, they're not like meeting together, having a feed and they're in the garden and then they all fall asleep and he's there. He's just coming and going. They're just out fishing one day and there he is. They realise that it's him because he tells them to throw their net on the other side and then he, the, Peter realises who he is, he swims in and he's just appeared and he's cooking fish and then they eat. And for 40 days he does this, he appears to them and he keeps talking to them and he's talking to them about, about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. So he's telling them about the kingdom of God. He says, for John baptised with water but in a few days you'll be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Keep going there. They gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So they're still thinking about him sitting on David's throne, kicking the Romans out, having this kingdom on earth. And they've been thinking about that the whole time they were with him. And they were often jostling for position. I'm better than you. Can I sit at your right hand? For their whole life, can I, well, I want to be the... I want to be the I want to have a bigger crown or something. I don't know. what. I just wanted the position. He's like, it is not for you to know the times or dates for the Father has set by his own authority. It's like, like guys, that's, that's the Father's deal. The kingdom on earth, you know, like when Jesus comes back one time and we're all going to see him, that's the Father's authority. But this is our next move. Go into the city. And it says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That power is miracle working power of God in you. That's what, it, that's what it means. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you because God is, is resurrection life in you. The Holy Spirit is this resurrection life in you. Moses is talking to a burning bush one day and this bush is speaking back to him and God is speaking out of the bush and Moses is really complaining. Like I'm amazed how much he complains and God is saying, you're going to go and you're going to set my people free. They're oppressed by the Egyptians. They're under oppression. I'm sending you. I don't want to go. Send someone. He literally says, send someone else. Because he killed someone and he doesn't want to go back there. He's just dealing with his stuff. Who am I going to tell them? Who's, who's sending me anyway? I am sending you. Tell them that I am is sending you. Tell them that. That's enough. Tell them that I am sent you. Jesus is with his disciples. He says to them, who do the people say that I am? I, 
I, who do the people say I am? And he, he, Peter says, you're the Christ. He says, don't tell anyone. But I am means I exist. I always have existed and I always will exist. I never had a beginning. I'm, I am the beginning and I am the end. And he wants to share this eternal life, this always existent power, this power that's always alive, always resurrecting in you. He wants to share it with you. He wants to give you his best. So this is his final. I often wonder what were those conversations when Jesus was teaching them in that 40-day period about the kingdom of God? What was he telling them? We don't get told that, but we get the most important thing. Wait, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Why will you witness? Because this life in you, what is in you, will just naturally come out. You won't be able to help it. You, you, just, you just can't, you, you'll see someone, you'll feel compassion. You'll want to help them or something. you want to be kind to them. That's, you, as Sandra said last week, God gave her a word one day and she's wanting to, and God said to her, you're not that nice. And I would say that none of you are as nice as God because he's really nice. And so when you do something that's really, really nice, it's probably him. And when you do something out of love and you do something good, God is in it because God is love. And he's in it. He's there. Even if you're not aware of him, he's there all the time with this self-existent life, giving you power so that you can walk in the power of Jesus Christ, not in your own strength. All right. So let's have a look here. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. It says, go into the city and wait. So they go into the city. So Jesus gives them this final instruction and then he goes back to heaven, which is really fascinating because he just goes up into heaven. Uh, and they're standing there, staring up into heaven and watching him go. But he says, wait in the city. So they go back together. There's about 120 of them. And they wait for 10 days. They wait there. Just waiting. We live in a culture that doesn't like waiting. How many of you have been driving along and you just, the person in front of you is not quite going the speed limit and as a red light, as, a, as an orange light comes on and then they stop and you're like, we could have made it through. We, you could have made the green, I would have made the orange. It's just like, it, it's a sin. It is a sin. We don't like waiting. Australian culture is not for wait. I mean, I have an app. I pre-order my coffee so I don't have to wait if I buy a coffee. We don't, we don't, we got a microwave. Who stops the microwave at three seconds or six seconds? Seriously. Yeah, it's it's done now. We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait, do we? You don't, you don't need to wait till you have the money. You can use a credit card. It's a good idea. You can get what you want. You don't have to wait for it. 
You don't, you don't have to wait. In the Old Testament, they had this law of hospitality. And so what happens is, if someone came, you would feed them. And this is before microwaves and bread cookers. What do you call them? Bread ovens? Bread makers. That's right. I was looking for the maker word. And so three angels come to Abraham and he's like, quick. And I'm not sure what quick looked in the Old Testament or it looked like because we have microwaves. Quick. He runs to Sarah. He says, quick, get three seers of the finest flour and bake some bread. No, no bread maker. And then he's like, runs to his chief shepherd. There's the fattened calf. We need to, ha- we need to feed our visitors. They kill that thing. Prepare us a meal. Quick. Quickly. <laughs> has anyone ever seen a cow be butchered? I'm, I, was, I was thinking Frosty has. It is not quick. I've been told about it. I haven't seen it. And then they had a meal, quickly. They had a meal quickly. It was fast food back then because they were trying to do it as fast as they could. Isn't it interesting? The culture of the kingdom of heaven is waiting. It's waiting. Just waiting. God is always happy for a wait. There's always, always a wait. You know, babies, they don't come through a microwave oven. There's nine months there, and it does go pretty quick. There's nine months there. There's a a time, there's there's a gap. Abraham had to wait for Isaac, and he was old. It was 20 years. 20 years he waited, and he was already old. You'd think you'd be going, all right, God, 70s, 80s, come on. What's going on? I'm standing on this promise. He waited. He waited. What about Mary and Martha? Brother Lazarus gets sick. And he dies. And they're devastated. And they're not just devastated because he's dead. They're devastated because Jesus didn't show up. Because Jesus waited. Waited. For three days. You're late, mate. What is going on? Your, your, your friend is dead. Where were you? Well, I was waiting. I was, just, I was just waiting. Paul persecutes the church, gets knocked off his high horse. He's coming to take them all down. And he has been. He's been pulling people out of houses, throwing them in jail. And Jesus, right, this guy, I'm going to use this guy. He's got the goods. Knocks him off his horse, can't see. Three days, three days, he's blind. And he, God tells Ananias, Jesus says, Ananias, go pray for this guy because he's praying and he's waiting. He's waiting. And Ananias went, prayed for him. The scales fell off his eyes and he received the Holy Spirit. He was, he was, he was waiting. He was waiting. There's always a wait in the kingdom of God. There's always a gap. King David, we just go through the whole Bible here. King David, anointed king, young guy, mouth stand up. This is King David, right here. That's how old he was. 
took down a bear and a lion, dropped a horn of oil on him, killed Goliath. Frosty, you can be Goliath. Come on, stand up. Now, there you go, there's Goliath. Just take him down now, just knock him out. That's it. Good job. Beautiful acting. Anointed king, you're the next king of Israel. But he, he got chased by Saul for 20 years, 20 years till he became king. And he was chased by the guy who started off really well, started off well, had some good victories. But you know what happened to him? Saul didn't wait on God, didn't wait. When the pressure was on and the soldiers didn't know what to do and the prophet hadn't arrived, Saul didn't wait. For God, and it didn't go well for him. It didn't go well at all. It's terrible. And it, he did that a couple of times. And yeah, it just, it just wasn't good for him. And he didn't wait. The culture of the kingdom of God is waiting on God. It couldn't be more simple. So, what does that look like? What do you do? Well, they were sitting there, they were sitting because they weren't going anywhere, because they were waiting. And you know what? They were together. Isn't that interesting? They were all there. Imagine if, oh, just Peter, I've been waiting for 10 days. Look, I'm just going to go fishing. I'm going to go fishing. You guys keep waiting here. No, he didn't go anywhere. He was, they were all there. They were all waiting together. Why were, they, why were they waiting together? Jesus' mother was there. His brothers were there. And, and some women, which was probably some of their wives and some of the women that followed Jesus and all a heap of disciples. So probably the 70. There was 70, then there was the 12, and they were waiting on God. And while you wait on God, I just notice a couple of things that they were doing there in this 10-day period about waiting. And it's the same for us. There is a culture of waiting on God in prayer together with people. And they simply love Jesus. And when they loved him, they did exactly what he said. They waited there. They waited and they prayed together. And what they waited. They just stayed there praying together and they did what he said. Go into Jerusalem, wait there. So you know what? They loved him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. You will do what I say. And it's all written as Sandra said so well last week. You have, the, you have the directory, you have the manual, you have a Bible. It's all in there. And so while you wait on God, waiting on God looks like this. It looks like reading and doing what Jesus did. Reading and doing what Jesus did. In community with other people, praying together with other people. That's what waiting looks like. That's what it looks like. We went, I love, I love some of my memories from Mexico, mission trips. We went over there. And we built some houses. We went with an, a, a youth ministry in Australia, connected with a, an American ministry um, in, in San Diego, went down into Tijuana, built some houses and a community centre. One time we built a church. And we went, there was a big group of us from this church, which included Nikki and Tim, Janelle, Sigrid, yes, and Sigrid Mother's here, and Leah, and Mitchell. Anyone else? Did I forget someone? If, anyway, it's a while ago, so you know. We had a hard time the first couple of nights we were there, days. One girl had an asthma attack. We thought we were going to have to sh- take her back to America. 
Another guy got electrocuted. He didn't die. And then just awkward little things were going on. It just wasn't quite happening. So we decided that we would march around the quarry that we were staying in because it was like this old quarry with all these tents and security and stuff and that we would pray. And so we got together and we prayed for it. It was at least an hour. We're just walking around singing songs and walking around and singing songs and praying and blessing. And then we just did another lap. We're just walking around. And then we just went around again, singing songs, praising God, praying, declaring God's goodness. We didn't have another issue the whole trip. We got to a point where we'd done that many laps and we just felt the peace of God come. I was like, oh, we got our answer of, of our prayers. We got our answer. All right, let's go back to tenting. So we're in tents. We were just waiting on God. We're just waiting on God. We're just together with people in a place, in unity, together, waiting on God, staying amongst God's people, waiting there. When was the last time you waited? Had a wait session. A lot of people having different wait sessions, the gym. Australian culture is, is not for waiting, but we are. We are part of the kingdom of God. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. They were waiting on God. And then after the tenth day, they received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down out of heaven. It says that a sound out of heaven came down and landed on them. And it was a loud sound. Years ago, there was this uh, video called, it was, on a, it was on a video. It was how long ago it was. And it was called Transformations. You may have seen it. Anyway, there was this revival in these Eskimos. And it, went, uh, it was like this hundred-year story of this Eskimo that went and, and sought God and was one of the leaders in his tribe. I don't even know if that's right, how to say that. But, you know, it went for this hundred-year period of these, these people seeking God and missionaries coming and sharing the gospel. Anyway, it gets to, I think it's the third generation of this elder's family and they're still seeking God and there's more of them now and there's like a revival breaks out in this small icy community up way up near the Arctic somewhere and what happens is the Holy Spirit comes into land and they're, they're having a worship session and they've got the tapes playing, tapes. I mean, you know, remember those things? They had tapes going and they were plugged in. And one of the guys was so concerned that he was going to blow up his, his tape machine. I don't even know what you call it anymore. <laughs> that he went, he ran over and he unplugged it out of the wall because the whole building started to shake and this sound like a jumbo jet was coming in and the Holy Spirit came on all of them and the tape machine kept going unplugged and they recorded the whole thing. Absolutely incredible. The sound of the Holy Spirit coming out of heaven. It was like a jumbo jet landing on this community, landing on these people, on these guys. And that's what happened to these guys. And thousands of people in Jerusalem ran out when the Holy Spirit came down. And these guys came out in the morning, filled with the Holy Spirit. And they all came, what's going on? They all heard, the whole of Jerusalem heard the sound. They all heard it. And these guys came out. There's always someone to criticise, but they don't understand. And there's some people, oh, these guys are drunk. You know why they said that? Because they were so happy. 
They were filled with the Spirit of God. They were filled with joy. And they were declaring the praises of God in multiple languages because in Jerusalem, so many different nations had come to celebrate one of their feasts. can't remember what it is. There's my theology for you. But they were all there and they spoke in different tongues. And when they spoke in different tongues, they declared the wonders of God to all these nations. Isn't that interesting? And they all heard them declaring the wonders of God. After they'd been waiting and the Holy Spirit came on them and they declared the wonders of God. They connected straight away with all these different nations. They were just connecting with them, declaring the the wonders of God. I was hitchhiking once, more than 20 years ago. And this guy picked me up and he started to talk to me about Jesus. And I started to talk to him about Christian people. And he just kept talking about Jesus. And I was like, yeah, but Christian people, you know, they, uh, you know, they say one thing and then they do another. And he kept talking about Jesus and I kept talking about Christian people, which I had no idea of because I didn't know any of them. And, you know, if I go and play this keyboard, piano, whatever you call it, and I... I'm going to play some classical piece right now. And I am not musical, ever. The only reason I sit up the front is so I can sing with no one in front of me, so no one can hear. So I play Beethoven, and it just sounds terrible. You're not going to say, don't ever listen to Beethoven. I heard it, and it's terrible. You don't say that, do you? Now, some Christian people have not represented Jesus well at all. In the name of Jesus, they haven't represented him well. Priests, people, maybe me at times, maybe you at times. But Jesus is someone else. Jesus is someone else. And this guy said to me, Jesus is someone else. You need to find out who he is. I was like, right. Okay, thanks for the lift. And that thought stayed in my mind for two years. That thought stayed in my mind. And then I was driving and I picked up a guy who was hitchhiking. And he told me how God set him free from heroin. Declaring the wonders of God in a language that I understood. I didn't hear the gospel then. But I saw where that guy went and I thought, I wonder what they're doing in there because that was really amazing. What he said to me, and now he's fine. He's not on drugs anymore. And what have they got in there? Are they weird? I'm going to go in and see. Oh, no. What if they are weird? I don't know. These are the thoughts I was having when I thought about going into the church one day. I thought, that's it. I'm just going to do it. No, they're weird. I'm not doing it. <laughs> just, 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 you, you can't. Look, you know, it'll be fine. Just go. And then this guy comes out and he goes, hey, mate, what are you doing? So I was thinking of coming to church. He's like, great idea, come in. It's like, fine. That's what got me in the church. That got me through the front door. Awesome. You know, when Sandra spoke last week, her mum was going into the bank, yeah? And her mum went in the bank and the teller would serve her and the teller, the, the guy behind, he just said to Sandra, uh, to Sandra's mum, oh, there's a youth, there's a youth um, camp 
why don't you see if Sandra wants to go to the youth camp? And Sandra went to the youth camp. Now she's nearly 70. She was about 19 then. And what a life. Because someone told her about the wonders of God. Someone said about the wonders of God, you might not get to preach the gospel. And these guys started with declaring the wonders of God and then Peter preached the gospel to all of them. And they got saved. And so you might not think, oh, I'm terrible at it or I'm not good enough or, you know, I'm, I don't know how to share the gospel and I'm not like Pastor Craig Stevens who's an evangelist and every time he shares the gospel, someone gets saved. It's like, well, just say what God is speaking, what God has done. Say something good about God to someone. That is our job, is to wait on God and to say something good about what God has done to someone who doesn't know about the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. We went out to Lake Ajelligo and there were some young guys and they got into a discussion about um, how to get into heaven, which is it's, it's a, a, often a thing that comes up, how do you get into heaven? Um, and so... We're just talking to them and we like, you, you got to connect. And I heard this story and, um, and so I just shared them this, this, this story. Imagine if you see the richest house in uh, Australia and you decide, I want to live in that house. And, uh, and so you pack up your things and you go and you knock on the door of the richest house in Australia because you just want to go there. And I said, are they going to let you in? And the young guy said, no, they're not going to open the door. I said, why? He because I don't know who they are. Because you don't, you don't know him. And it's just so important just to where you're at, just have a discussion with who you're at and connect with those guys. And there's people all around you all the time who are wanting to connect. Can we have the band come up, please? We'll close now. Declare the wonders of God. So wait on God and just realise who is around your circle of influence because when all... The people came out because they heard the sound of the Holy Spirit. They heard the wonders of God. And you have people that you connect with. And when was the last time you were waiting on God and thinking about what he's doing, about what he wants, and then sharing just with people? And I know you, some of you, I speak to some of you, you talk about some of the experiences that you had in God. And You know, when the Israelites left the promised land, they, they did it, the Passover, and, they, and they, they just did it in a hurry. It's just like, real quick, go, go now, go. And when they left, the Israelites left, the Egyptians gave them wealth, and they gave them clothes, yeah? They gave them clothes. And then when they came out of the promised land, Moses said to them, all these 40 years, you've walked in this desert. Your shoes didn't wear out, and the clothes that you're wearing, which were powerful clothes, didn't wear out. And they took those clothes from the Egyptians and they gave them to their children and they gave them to each other and they swapped them and they traded them around. And every time they wore those clothes, they remembered what God had done. They remembered him. They remembered that, they, that he, all the plagues and they remembered the Passover and the parting of the Red Sea and they wore those clothes and they remembered and they wore and they remembered these clothes. And then they got new clothes when they went in. There was a new generation and Joshua and they went into the, the promised land and they got new clothing with new memories of new experiences in God. And there is a, a transfer between generation to generation of the experience of God. And you might be wearing some old clothes, but God has got new clothes for you 
today in your spirit? What are you wearing in your spirit today? Are you wearing the Holy Spirit? Are you wearing the love of God? Are you wearing the compassion of God? Are you wearing His kindness, His love? The Bible says, put on love. The Bible says to put on Jesus. How do you clothe yourself with love and with Jesus? Will you fill yourself with waiting on, and then you just help someone. You just say something kind to someone. When was the last time you did something kind to someone else? God is in your loving people. God is in your love. And sometimes life weighs us down. We, we, we just wear, we wear the stuff of the past. We just wear it in our spirit. We just wear, well, maybe there's just been a hard thing and you just wear that hard thing. God wants to give you new clothes. He wants to give you a new experience in Him. And some of you just, you just stop wearing worry. You just don't worry about that thing. Let's just get right with God. You just, maybe you just don't want to witness or you don't want to walk in God or you just, you just need to put on the love of God. You're wearing the cares and concerns of this life and God wants to trade with you this morning. He wants to trade peace. Yeah? And He wants to give you some peace. If you don't have the peace of God or the love of God, He wants to, I'll take your anxiety and I'll give you peace by my power of my spirit. With something that just didn't work out and it just turned up to be ash. It was just, it was just a dream and it just burnt up in the world and hard things. You, I'll take the ashes. I'll give you beauty. That's what God does. That's what my God does. That's what He's done in my life. There's sickness. I'll take that. I'll just give you some healing. That's what my God does. He's alive on the inside. He comes to trade with you. Take away your worries, your stresses and whatever else. He'll take on your prayers. Yep, I'll, I'll answer those prayers. Just come and wait with me. Come on, why don't we stand this morning? Come on, let's pray. We're going to close the service. And I'll be here to pray with you. If you want to trade with God today, you need refreshing. You need that you just wearing the memories of what God did 20 years ago. You need some new anointing. You need some new life. Life. He's come to give you life and life abundantly. You know, once you used to witness, but then your life got busy and you had children and you just can't remember the last time you told someone about the wonders of God. We can pray together and agree together. It's always a trade. There's always a transaction between heaven and earth in the house of God. And I'd love to pray with you this morning. Father, we bless you. We thank you that you gave us your best. And you didn't hold back, Lord God. And you, you poured out for us through the cross and you poured out your spirit to give us life that we couldn't have dreamed of. Life to the full. Life in you. Your life, Lord God. And so we just look to you this morning. And Lord, we just turn to you where we haven't, Lord God, maybe we haven't walked properly in you or we haven't been praying or we, we just sort of let life weigh us down. Lord, we just shake that off and we just trade in a new day where there's new mercy and there's new grace. Lord God, there's new favour. We receive that today. We thank you, Lord. We walk in your anointing of life today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. If you'd like to pray with me, I'll be right here. Thank you, Chris.
hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.